You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. And welcome to Modern Myth with me, Tristan, the Anarchaeologist. I have a very special guest today. Thank you very much for uh, calling from across uh, like landmasses and water. Um, could you give us a little introduction of who you are and what you do? Okay, thank you very much, Tristan. Um, my name is uh, Ajay Buluaji David. Apparently, I'm currently a graduate student at the University of Ibadan, Nigeria, at the Department of uh, Archaeology and Anthropology. Um, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I am an archaeologist, and uh, and I've been on this for quite a number of years. And um, it is uh, going to be six, seven years in counting now. I will be glad to share some of my experience. Excellent. And so... Um day to day where is your where does your work take you is it the local area or do you cover like a region yeah um uh, when you say local area you're talking about um just my immediate environment um is that right yes yes uh, actually um in the last couple of years i've been working regionally uh, uh in nigeria i've been looking at uh, the archaeological past of the Yoruba people of southwestern Nigeria. And uh, so far, it has been interesting. I've aspired to work in other parts of the country. And um, interestingly, I've been privileged to contribute to some of the research going on in other parts of uh, West Africa. Uh, and um, but primarily, my area of focus has been in southwestern part of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, what kind of... Um what kind of finds are you finding? Is it stuff that you're having to do a lot of digging for, or are there a lot of surface level things? Uh, actually, um, uh, primarily, since I'm interested in reconstructing the cultural past of the people in the last few years, I've been looking at uh, technology in the past, how technology had um, shaped uh, development and uh, development and the establishment of states in the, in the past. So primarily, I've been looking at uh, iron technology in particular, how the procurement of iron had aided in the development of uh, ancient states in the past as early as uh, maybe 500 years ago, uh, even earlier mm-hmm. in some cases. So um, I've been looking at how it has shaped it, how trade had come in, and um, the sociocultural impact. And interestingly, in recent times, I've been looking at how the impact of urbanization had affected uh, many of our cultural heritage, which we have in this part of the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, what, is, uh, what is heritage looked at um, uh, like by the, the general public? Like, what do people think of history and archaeology? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, here in this part of the world, uh, 
uh, archaeology itself, it's uh, more of a, a colonial baggage. Uh, it's, uh, it's a strange thing to so many people. And uh, therefore, it's what it entails is a little bit strange. It is until recently we've been trying to work so hard on how we can make the people understand it. So in essence, uh, in this part of the world, heritage uh, uh, and archaeology is... Um, something the people really, really do not connect with, especially based on the reasons that uh, it is not uh, usually economically rewarding, like uh, other areas of uh, specialization, like in science and technology. So when you talk about archaeology, history with the people, they are more or less like, oh, no, I'm not really, really interested. I've heard quite a number of folk tales and folklore from my grandfather, from my dad. And um, I don't think I, I want to continue that. I want to talk about it. And uh, unfortunately, the, the educational system has not been really helping because uh, not until recently, uh, we had uh, history um, reinstated back into the curriculum because about a couple of years ago, the Ministry of Education scrapped history from the curriculum, and uh, that is one of the problems which we had in the past. But uh, thankfully, uh, thankfully to the kind of uh, clamor which we had, we've been able to reinstate it. So in essence, um, history, archaeology is not so much something that people really, really relate to it here in this part of the world in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I think uh, there's actually quite similar problems here, especially when uh, the history that's, that's interesting gets to go on TV and everything else gets put at the wayside. Mm -hmm. So like local histories are not really looked at and there's not an interest, but these grand big histories are they get the money you know and i'd be interested to know about uh, obviously there are uh, there, there are monumental kind of remains in nigeria are there like um tombs and like um stone structures uh, does that kind of stuff get attention? Yeah, yeah. We have quite a number of monumental elements in Nigeria, quite a number, actually. Interestingly, we have two award heritage sites in Nigeria. We have Suko in the north, and then we have the Oshoshubu group here in southwestern Nigeria, in Oshun State, to be precise. We have quite a number of, uh, you know, heritage items which people could look at, which, you know, could fascinate them and make them understand the ingenuity of their of their past ancestors. Uh, we have quite a number of archaeological sites, you know, ranging from the North Culture area that produced one of the earliest dates in the in iron metallurgy. To, I'm talking about Taruga, as early as 5, 500 mm -hmm. BC. And then we have, interestingly, one, um, uh, I don't want to say novel, but it's one of the interesting sites in Oshun State that produced you know, mm -hmm. evidence of um, glass making and glass speed working. Um, recently, it was investigated by Babalola mm -hmm. Babatunde, who is uh, currently a research fellow at um, Cambridge. And we have um, uh, sites like uh, 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 Redo, which is also one of the monuments which we have, which is believed to have been over 500 years old, in which uh, talks about 
urbanization in the forest zone of uh, West Africa prior to the arrival of the Europeans. We have quite a number of movements around the, the community dotting the landscape. But the thing is that uh, because of the everyday engagement of the people, you know, going out to make money ends meet and um, the poor holiday culture which we have in this part of the world, um, many of our people don't really, really, you know, visit some of these sites. And then it is one of the things that we are trying to look at how we can encourage more people to visit one of these beautiful sites. But I can tell you, Nigeria has quite a number of a large number of interesting archaeological and heritage sites all around its landscape mm -hmm. definitely as as everywhere in the world um i actually have some questions from some listeners who i told about i was going to listen i was going to speak to you so one of them says um are there many sites along the coast of Nigeria and is it different in the south to the north what you kind of find yeah, actually, we have uh, quite a number. Interestingly, a friend of mine is currently working on an island in the Badagri region uh, called Topo Island, where he's trying to look at um, the migratory history of the Topo people uh, as early as the 18th century. And uh, we have uh, some other sites known as Berefu and um, uh, Oviron, I think, in the... Uh, around the Lagos coastal area. And uh, one thing is because of the disparity difference in the in the geography of the uh, of the, the coastal area and the northern part of Nigeria, you know the the type of uh, archaeological materials which we have there varies. Unlike uh, the southern part of Nigeria, the coastal area, I mean, uh, the the preservation of archaeological heritage in the north is better done because of the type of uh, climate which they have there. So when we're talking about about um, the type of heritage, there's quite a number of difference between them, how visible and available they are. Unlike in uh, the southern and uh, the southern or coastal area whereby we have issues of uh, a quick uh, deterioration and so on. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, that's that's good to know. And I, that's the same with other coastal areas as well. Um, it is one of those things where you have to try and save archaeology that is disintegrating into the sea unfortunately so i've got a question that says um where is it uh, um is archaeology a part of nigerian national identity i think we've kind of touched on that already is that what do you th how do you think a nigerian national identity kind of takes from history okay actually um like i said earlier Archaeology in Nigeria is one of the colonial elements, you know, it came with the colonial baggage. And uh, until recently, it is still seen as an elitist uh, element. So it's very few people are really, really interested in. But in the formation of the Nigerian identity, archaeology had uh, played a very important role, especially in the in the area of uh, discussion of um, um, technological and uh, social ingenuity. Uh, in the past, uh, it has all we've always believed that uh, we, there's this uh, prior notion that uh, the forest zone of uh, South of uh, Africa, I'm talking about the Sub-Saharan Africa, was not occupied. But uh, with the help of archaeology, uh, as early as the 50s, when Thorsten Shaw, uh, who was the main head of the Department of Archaeology and Anthropology University of Ibadan here, 
when he carried out his research with um, S.H. Daniels, they were able to carry out some uh, investigation that elucidates the fact that um, this area of Nigeria, um, known as uh, Iweliru in Ondo State, has been occupied as early as uh, 11,000 you know, years ago. And um, it has, in a way, shaped the, the way Nigerians at large you know, see the community. It is not like uh, we just arrived there recently or after the Europeans, but rather we've been here for a very long time. And this is what we've been doing. Our forefathers were not uh, just uh, recipients of good things. They themselves, they were, uh, you know, Ingenious, they are able to do things. They can develop ideas on their own and execute it. So archaeology, in a way, is one of the um, tools which we've used to shape the Nigerian identity and uh, build some more self-consciousness in our heritage and cultural past. So I, I would say, though archaeology is uh, an elitist and a culture. Uh, an element built from colonial hegemony, but over the years it has built, it has grown to to enlighten the Nigerian past. Because I, 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 in most of our history in Nigeria, it does not go beyond the amalgamation period and uh, when the for the our forefathers fought wars and all. But because of archaeology and the material evidence which we have. We've been able to shed more light on the history of of just uh, people putting on you know leaves around their leaves and uh, around their waist and living in caves. But archaeology has shown you know beautiful things about Africa, about Nigeria, you know, in particular, you know, uh, in ten, in terms of trade networks, you know, in terms of science and technology, etc. This is a very difficult um, thing to kind of work with because, as you said. You know, archaeology has that colonial baggage. What ways do you think, as a practitioner of archaeology, are you trying to undo that? Like, how, how do you how do you begin to kind of take the colonialism out of archaeology? Like, what are you doing there to unpick it? Thank you very much on that question. Um, one of the things we've been trying to do to decolonize archaeology is to make it homegrown, is to to develop, you know, our theories and concepts in the, within the concepts of a uh, principle of amenetics. Um, prior to, uh, let's say, two, one or two decades ago, the the whole things, the whole thing that the, the discourse in Nigeria is all about is uh, things that were taught by, you know, our um, European lecturers, teachers, and all. But in recent time, with the type of effect that we noticed um, this uh, colonial thought has on our discussion, one of the things we've tried to do so far is to look at um, archaeological past within the context of the local people, which is why, where the public archaeology comes in. Uh, before now, most of the time, what we do is to, uh, well, what the, uh, the pioneer of our uh, archaeology in Nigeria do is to probably use a um, their own perceptive about what the culture is, and usually the local people are kept out of the probably the, the interpretation. But in this uh, age, what we've been trying to do is to bring in the local people from the beginning, the design of the, the project itself, archaeological project itself, during the course of the project, you know, the field exercise, yeah. we make sure the local people are involved in it. We have conversations with them. They, and uh, we let them participate, you know, 
at least 70 percent into the research and then by the time we're done and we want to do our interpretations we don't do the interpretation void of them we try as much as possible to bring uh, one or two people who had shown interest from the community into the interpretation we hear their own side of the story we made use of adequate and uh, well scrutinized um, oral tradition, which is also you know, a very important too. So we try as much as possible to look at it in this perspective. And, um, and so far it has been good because primarily for me, uh, the, the, the research I had not long ago, which uh, was built on public archaeology generally, uh, apart from the fact that the project was funded by the local people, the people from the indigenous of the community will give them the privilege to you know to share their ideas though we do not let their ideas cloud our judgment or interpretation but we try to see you know points where we can reconcile their point of view you know their history with archaeology where do they meet so that is what we've been doing in nigeria recently in the aspect of trying mm. to decolonize archaeology so we're looking at you know homegrown theories that uh, and concepts that will you know look at that will change our narratives about how we see you know archaeology in nigeria and since we started it is interesting to know that the people are now conscious of archaeology you know they want to know they want to oh 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 and we have situations whereby oh my forefather told me something about this so there is something like this similar on my farmlands similar you know and we you know get contacted by local people to come around and investigate their culture and um in a way, it uh, it has been great so far. Actually, it has been great so far. So, decolonizing archaeology in Nigeria um, primarily has been based on public um, uh, public uh, acquaintance and uh, uh, introduction. Excellent. And um, I actually, I'm quite interested. You mentioned earlier that history was taken out of the curriculum, but was recently put back in. How does somebody study in Nigeria to become an archaeologist? How do you study in Nigeria to become an archaeologist? Yes. Oh, well, um, during the course of your um, high school, you say in US, they say high school, but here in Nigeria, we use the British system. So I would say in secondary school, uh, we have a preparatory class for people in the arts and the commercial uh, classes. They have one or two ideas about history. Uh, while uh, virtually every one of us uh, in secondary school, we have a little idea which we call social studies. Recently, it's called uh, civic studies or deriva. And then we have a little knowledge about our past. And then you can go ahead to learn more from home from your parents. But uh, at the time of entry into the university to learn archaeology, there are minimum requirements, uh, courses which are expected to have a good grades. You know, um, and because archaeology itself is not just a one-way street, it's a, it's more or less a master of all trades. So it's a home for virtually all courses. Either you're in faculty of science, you have a science background, I mean, or arts background. You're welcome. So the thing is, provided you're able to procure some um, prerequisite knowledge from your secondary school days and um, uh, at the point of uh, examination or university entry, if you have good grades, then you're pretty much welcome to come and study archaeology in uh, in Nigeria. But uh, that doesn't mean that it's meant for everybody. But the most important thing is that 
you need you know the minimum requirement if you don't have those minimum requirement it might be hard for you to you know to to cope except you you are able to switch from whichever background you're coming from uh, i think it's just the internet something happened there no worries. Um, so I was just wondering, are there requirements to go to field schools in Nigeria? So like in the UK, for example, you have to go to field school to break up your uh, experience before you become a commercial archaeologist. Yeah, um, actually in Nigeria, it's a different case. I'm quite aware of uh, the UK system on uh, becoming an archaeologist. But here in Nigeria, you don't just go to field. Actually, you don't just go to field. In Nigeria, you have to complete a one-year program course. It's part of the program. At your first year, you are you take uh, uh, classes on methods uh, of field techniques in, uh, and so on in your first year. And then you take... Uh, the class onto your second year, the first half of your second year. At the end of the first half of your second year, then you are allowed to participate in the archaeological field work. And uh, that uh, field school is uh, for about two weeks. It's for two weeks, uh, and um, that is where you groomed in on on the archaeological field work practices. So you are trained by, you are supervised by trained archaeologists, both lecturers and uh, graduate students who have uh, been in uh, the field for quite a number of years. So it is not that you just um, just uh, come in and you start digging. No, but you have to take the, the prerequisite knowledge in the classroom first. It's always a source of frustration to see large museums in the UK to who make up excuses for keeping items that they stole uh, during colonial kind of times. What's the view from heritage professionals in Nigeria, um, especially with specifically items that were taken, uh, you know, uh, from Nigeria? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for that question. Uh, interestingly, um, I believe you are aware about the clamor against uh, the Christie Court on some of the heritage mm -hmm. uh, on, on their auction um, platform, which held yesterday. Actually, the country is not happy about it. Both uh, all cultural resource managers are not happy about it. And uh, for me personally, it uh, remains a shame you know, that at this current uh, age, we still have uh, um, museums and uh, auction house still perpetrating this act. Well, the thing is, um, what we've been trying to do so far is uh, to continue with our sensitization of the local people, because I must tell you the truth. This cultural heritage did not leave you know, the, the, the custody of their owners you know, <laughs> magically. You know, mm -hmm. Someone locally hated those, the, the transfer of these uh, cultural materials which is uh, one of the sad part of it. You can imagine Christie's court, you know, uh, point blank stated that these materials were procured through with the aid of a local person. So it, they did not come down from uh, from Paris to come and pick it up from here, like still it, I mean. So uh, it is sad, actually, that uh, uh, many of our cultural heritage, you know, still remains in uh, museums and courthouse uh, stores. But the thing is, locally, 
uh, cultural resource managers in Nigeria have been working tirelessly on how to get them back. Recently, I started um, a discussion on the Archaeological Association of Nigeria uh, because uh, I haven't seen what Christy Cost, uh, Cott has been doing recently. I was a little bit provoked. And I think there is need for us, you know, to have all hands on deck to mitigate some of these things going on. Because regardless of the way Christie or whoever or any other museum procure their cultural you know, piece, I, I think it is still illegal to keep it away from the people because it has no significance to whoever is purchasing you know, those cultural materials if you take it away from the people that really understand their meaning. So I, I, I think it's, uh, cultural heritage should not just be seen about curious objects that is just going to be kept on shelves to entertain your guests and yourself because you have the money to afford to, to purchase it. I think uh, it is, uh, there is, there is uh, this responsibility as a human to another human community, which is to return all these items. But I hope that uh, in, in um, what happened recently will, uh, will help us you know move further on uh, mitigating you know the sales of um, cultural heritage because i have to tell you the truth it does not speak well of the country itself and at the same time we the cultural heritage uh, keepers here in in nigeria so uh I, i'm a little bit saddened by the news because as of yesterday i was still following it up and seeing how we can get things back but i hope no i hope that situations like that does not happen but it's um all i can say it's for both the museums keeping heritage that do not belong to them you know it is unfair and it's uh, it's more or less uh, an unjust uh, element um practice let me say that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I find it quite funny that sometimes the reasoning hasn't changed over the last hundred years. Um, I, I have seen pretty awful kind of uh, justifications. Um, how do you f how do you respond to a museum who says we would like to loan back <laughs> these items to Nigeria? <laughs> do you not feel that's like is that spitting in someone's face? You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's funny. When uh, when uh, a guest tells you that uh, I will let you sleep on this side of the bed, of your own bed, you know it's it's funny. You know, you've actually look at it because it's it's a slap on the face as a country and as a people. Because how can you say you want to loan back what does not belong to you in the first place? How can you say you 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 want to give me cast a fake a replica of what belongs to me? If I, I see that as the uh, as a, a cheat and fraud in my own perspective, and it is wrong, because uh, for me, if you think you 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 are entitled to have another man's thing, then I I guess you shouldn't feel back when someone steals what belongs to you also. And within the confines of human emotion, I think it is it is wrong and it's bad judgment. And um, I'm glad that uh, on this on this side of the world in Nigeria, 
the discussion is no because we have a, we we will sometime add a debate on it on repatriation of some of our cultural heritage should they be left there should they be loaned back should we receive replicas and no but i'm glad that the larger percentage of the voice is that no the original should be returned because for me i still mm -hmm. see it as um one of the uh, the effect of neocolonialism how ca you cannot continue to control you know my mind you cannot continue to control what i deserve you know it belongs to us and historically if we look at how many of these cultural materials were taken they were not taken illegally many of them you know were taken as a result of you know um punitive actions that were that happened some of them were looted you know and uh, when you have uh, something that does not belong to you and you can obviously see it i think the humane thing to do is to return it to the rightful owner not make replica or mm -hmm. think you know give us an absurd you no know, title of loaning it back it is it is disrespectful and um, i think uh, there is need for more you know more um, campaign against that kind of thought you know if you want to do good do it well don't do half good do it well you know it speaks well of who you are your personality and how people should see you so if I, I i totally disagree with the loaning and i see it as a i see it as a as a as a, as a slap on our face as a country and as a people I, I wholeheartedly support that in every single way. I, I think it's definitely one of the things that I would like to see museums uh, fundamentally change. No, yes. And this is one of the first steps that they could do to fundamentally change. You're right. I, uh, I picked up earlier, you mentioned the um, Archaeological Association of Nigeria. Yes, yes. What is, what is that like? Um, how big is it? How many people in it? How does it run? Yeah, actually, Archaeological Association of Nigeria is not just for academics. Uh, Archaeological Association of Nigeria is meant for all cultural resource managers, from uh, people working in museums to private uh, um, uh, uh, museum keepers to people working with the federal government, especially with the National Commission for museums and monuments. So it's a pretty much a large body. It's a, it encourages young minds, uh, either students or academics. And um, its uh, main uh, purpose is to protect cultural heritage in Nigeria. And um, one of its goal is to you know, enable you know, sustainable development uh, while you know, protecting and promoting cultural heritage in Nigeria. And um, do you have conferences um, for archaeology in Nigeria very often? Yeah, we have annual conferences. Um, uh, if not for the COVID the pandemic, which is currently ongoing, we pray that it uh, ends mm -hmm. very soon. Uh, we ought to have one, I think, uh, by June, I think uh, between Ju July and uh, um, August, there should uh, be one. Unfortunately, we cannot have it. So annually, we have our conferences. Uh, I've been privileged to attend two sessions now, uh, one uh, in the uh, uh, University of uh, uh, Benue in Benue State University, Makadi, and uh, the other one I attended at uh, Unsuka. So far, it has been great. So that is uh, one of the platform which we tend to let the government understand what is going on, you know, outside, you know, uh, outside the country and within our, our borders, how to prevent, how to uh, preserve 
prevent looting and on and on. So we have our conferences annually here in Nigeria. What is it that you would like to say to archaeologists around the world? What is one thing that you feel about maybe Nigerian archaeology or African heritage that you feel people have the wrong impression about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you very much for this privilege. So I'll just go straight to it. One, I, I want to say this. At this age, at this point in time, I think archaeologists cannot be complacent in their duty, first to the cultural heritage materials themselves, and secondly, to posterity and the ancestors that produced the materials which we are the sole custodian of today. And what do I mean by this? Why am I saying this? In the last couple of years, I have discovered that uh, many of our uh, uh, scholars are primarily now uh, these days, you know, relenting on their efforts to to carry out their duties, and uh, people that stop publishing, or probably when they publish, the publications are not good enough, and all. And I think uh, the more we stop to engage the, the, the materials, to do good by these materials, the more, that, the more we as archaeologists lose our relevance. And I think that if we do not, if we do not carry out our duties as cultural resource managers, then I, I don't know what we are doing. I, I don't see why we should be archaeologists. And, and I think, um, and secondly, I, I want to say this. Um, Nigeria, for instance, to a possible extent, we are curtailed by the, the, the kind of, uh, let me say, we are curtailed by how much funding we get for research. That is a very, you know, huge um, uh, element which we, uh, uh, we combat here in this part of the world. Several of us don't have, you know, good grants to carry out research, which is one of the reasons why we have uh, weak research designs and execution of uh, archaeological projects. So I think that if we have more organizations locally and internationally, you know, putting in more efforts to fund more archaeological you know, research in this part of the world, in Nigeria and in Africa at large, you know, we can do more to promote archaeology you know, and more audience can get to understand us. And again, I it has always been my prerogative that um, archaeologists need to widen their scope of audience. We cannot continue to speak to ourselves in conference rooms and in publications. We need to you know, widen our scope of audience. We need to talk to the masses who need this you know, cultural knowledge, who these materials you know, can speak to, can inspire. So if we do not desist from just talking to ourselves and then we continue to use our archaeological jargon, you know, the, the layman out there, he might, the person might be a professional, might be a medical doctor, you know, the layman out there that, that is not aware of some of our archaeological concepts no, might not really understand the relevance because of how we put out our words to them. So I think that archaeologists 
in this age should understand their audience and then pass the message directly to them in a language which they will understand and appreciate. Because the essence of us doing this, you know, this research and being archaeologists is so that we can impact life and those lives can impact their community. And as a community at large, they can build the nation, you know, through, towards you know, sustainable development and, um, you know, peace and unity sustenance. So I, I think that archaeologists at this age need to do more. Like I said earlier, we cannot be complacent. Secondly, we need to encourage adequate and more funding for the for research in this part of the world. And thirdly, we need to you know widen our scope of audience. You know, we need to communicate more to the people, and we need to let the people understand what we are doing as archaeologists. We don't just want to be isolated, because sincerely, archaeology is not esoteric. It is not just something that exists in the clouds, you know, in the space. It is something people can relate with every day, you know. Especially in this part of the world, there is hardly a day that you will not think about your past. There is hardly a day. And the archaeology, therefore, cannot be complacent. We can't just do less than what is expected of us. So I will implore archaeologists all over the world to do their very best, to be diligent, you know, to be faithful to the work which they've decided to do. Not just for the grants, you know, not just to make name, not just the PhD, but rather to make you no, know, to be faithful to the work which they've solely decided to do. Don't, under any circumstance, be pressured to selling or keeping you no know, cultural materials that belong to the people for yourself. It is, it is for me. I see it as being criminal. So we should be faithful to our duty as archaeologists. That is really, really powerful. I really, I really, that is something I can fully support and get behind. I want to know more of a personal story. What part of history that you've discovered has really spoken to you as a person? What part of history really means a lot to you? Wow. Thank you very much. Um, primarily for me, I, let me say this. I am from the Yoruba ethnic group of Nigeria. Um, and uh, there is this notion that uh, all Yoruba people are from Ilefe. I want you to hold that in mind first. Um, about a couple of years ago, I... I know where my family is, my father is from, I know which community he belongs to, but where did my community come from? Who am I, you know, who, who, who is Boluwaji, who is he, who are his ancestors? You know, I am back on a journey about a couple of years back to know where I belong to in the family tree of the Yoruba race. You know, and interestingly, I find myself within the lineage of, of Obalufon. And the Obalufon is believed to be one of the patriarch of uh, uh, of uh, Ilef, in Ilef, uh, you know, as early as the ninth century, uh, century AD. And uh, this man, you know, was a great man actually, as the history described him, is a man that uh, brought peace and unity and uh, consolidated the government of Ilefe at that point in time. And secondly, he was believed to be the patron of uh, and the sponsor of many of the um, technological uh, advances that happened in Ilefe from uh, bronze casting to to um, to textile to uh, to so many other things at that time you know creation of a lot of monoliths and all and then 
how he consolidated the government at that time was something that really, 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 really inspires me a lot. Now, apart from the fact that he's a preacher of peace, you know, he brought Ilaif, uh, you know, to a very, very prominent state in the history of the Yoruba people. And for me personally, this is, uh, is something that challenges me every day. You know, I feel I can do anything. You know, he is my patriarch, he is my ancestor, I belong to his lineage. And every time I go out, I see him in me. You know, I might not have known him, but I because of what I've heard about him, it has it gives me the sense of belongingness and the sense of pride in who I am. My identity had ever since then been changed. And then in a way, it influenced the way I practice archaeology and how uh, and how I you know hold the materials, you know, in so much reg in high regards. So, looking at myself in this history, you know, that has come you know hundreds of um, thousands of years, you know, I see myself not just floating. I'm not just floating in history. I'm part of it, and I live it every day, and it encourages me to pass it on to my children. I know personally I cannot go out and constitute nuisance because my forefathers did not. I cannot go out. I am a maker. I'm, I should think in a creative way to ensure that my community is at peace, to ensure that my community is progressive. You know, because that was what my forefathers did. They did not. He did not sit back and let the old thing come. You know, to 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 to, to shame. He did his effort. He made sure that you know the community will grow stronger and stronger. So that is how I see myself. That is how I see myself in history, and uh, and I look at it that when I pass it on, also you know people will talk about me too in the nearest you know probably later in the future. Sorry, I was saying that was uh, really really lovely and really beautiful, and I think it's, that connection is so important for each of us uh, to have to the past. Um, what um is there anything that if i is there any way i can help <laughs> if i am living other outside of nigeria what what ways in which can i support the archaeologists in nigeria what yeah. can i do yeah this is a very very uh, interesting question which i so much appreciate now um one of the ways you can help is what you're doing right now to tell more of our activities in Nigeria, about archaeology in Nigeria. You know, I, I don't know if you've attended the conferences where Nigerians participate, you know, but uh, if you have, you will see that we have quite a number of people, you know, atten in attendance. So one of the ways which you could help as a person is what you're doing right now, you know, broadcasting about mm -hmm. archaeology in Nigeria, you know, and in one way, you're promoting uh, our, our engagement right here in Nigeria. You know what, Nigeria is not just docile. Archaeologists in Nigeria are not just docile. They are doing their work. And then, um, if you will permit me, I can share your link with quite a number of friends who are currently doing their research, mm -hmm. and they can share some of their experience with you, pictures, and you know, on and on, which you can continue to broadcast to the world, you know, on the things Nigerian archaeologists are doing to promote their own cultural heritage. I wouldn't want to say you give us donation, <laughs> no, but what you're doing, which we appreciate right now, is uh, you know speaking more archaeology, uh, more about Nigerian archaeology in positive light. You know, it is very, very important for 
and encouraging for archaeologists in this part of the world. You know, continue, you know, let me use the word preach the archaeology going on in Nigeria. That's excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to come and speak to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for, for inviting me to this uh, interesting podcast. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.